Bible podcast. We hope you'll enjoy this message by Pastor Joey Bonifacio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's segment of Meditating on the Word of God. And as you know, we started a brand new series entitled SQ or How's Your SQ? The idea behind this was, was looking at the five verses out of the book of Ephesians, speaking of the heavenly realms. And we talked about the heavenly realms and the difference between the heavenly realms and what is now known as the earthly realms. In the heavenly realms is where all our blessings are. It is where our strength and power reside. It is where our manifold wisdom is. And at the same time, it is where also where our struggle is. We looked at these five verses talking about the difference between the heavenly realms and the earthly realms. And the blessing and the things of God begin in the heavenly realms. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 tells us, Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And we saw that our struggle is not against the people around us. It is rather against the rulers and authorities and against powers of this dark world or spiritual forces. Hence, the importance of our spiritual quotient. Further, in Ephesians chapter 1, it says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which you have been, you, God has called you to. Now, the idea behind this is there are, we have spiritual eyes, and that's part of our spiritual quotient. And when those eyes are opened, we begin to see the riches of His glorious inheritance in His holy people, and that is us. Open your eyes was the message I did for you last week. And today we continue on with Jesus Himself saying in John chapter 10, verse 10, The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I've come to, that they might have life and have it to the full. Speaking of us, having that abundant life, that inheritance, the promise that God has for us. Unfortunately, if our eyes are not opened, we don't see the fact that there is a thief that comes to steal, to kill, and destroy the very life that God intends for us. The question, the first question we need to ask, or rather the title of this message is the thief. And the first question is, who is this thief anyway? In Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12, we find out for the first time who this thief is. It says, how, how have you fallen from heaven, morning star, son of the dawn? Now, we know the devil shows up in Genesis. But here for the first time, we meet him as with a name. The word morning star is the name Lucifer. He was once upon a time an angel, and that is who he is. Now, more than just who is the thief, what was his motive? What was he trying to steal from the get-go, from the very beginning of time, from Adam and Eve, and from God himself? Isaiah chapter 14 continues to unpack this truth. How you have fallen from heaven, morning star, speaking of him, son of the dawn. His intent was to become one of the part of the tri trinity of God. He wanted to be the son of the dawn. He wanted to take the place of Jesus. And then it says, you have fallen and have been cast down to earth because of his attempt to take over or to set a coup, if you may, in heaven. You were once laid low the nations. He has been cast down to earth. Here is his motive. You said in your heart, I will ascend to the heavens. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the Mount of Assembly on the utmost of heights. Notice that he wanted to be about him, wanting to be above God. And the very seat that Jesus was to be enthroned in was something he was usurping or he deluded himself to think that he can become greater than God. And the height of demonic deception is simply that, that we don't need God and we can do things on our own. Who is this thief? 
What is his motive? We just saw it. Secondly, where did he come from? Well, Revelation chapter 12, verse 7 tells us, Then war broke out in heaven. There's that coup. His attempt, this uh, Lucifer attempted to usurp God in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought back. The dragon and the angels fought back and they lost. They, they attempted to overpower heaven. They did not succeed. And the result was he was not strong enough and they lost their place in heaven. God displaced them from heaven and the great dragon was thus hurled down. There you find one of the names of the dragon, the ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. Why is he leading the whole world astray? He lost his position in heaven and he's trying to get his revenge back from God. Now, he was hurled down to the earth, he and his angels with him. Now, you got to understand something here. There are millions and millions and numbers of angels and a third of them, the Bible tells us, were thrown down to the earth. And there's a reason for that, as we will see in a bit. For now, who is this thief? What is his motive? Where did he come from? And finally, what are his names? Well, Revelation 12 tells us his names. The great dragon was hurled down. There is his first name. That ancient serpent, there's his second name. Called the devil, there's his third name. And finally, the name Satan. Now, there are other minor names that the devil has. Names like Beelzebub, which simply means powerful but disgustingly ugly and nasty. Secondly, Abaddon and Apollyon simply means destroyer and death. Thirdly, the name Lilith, which we hear in different circles, a night creature who brings fear and deception, or the angel of light. Mammon, who is greedy and about, the, about materialism, and everything is material and nothing is spiritual. Now, a few things you need to understand about this enemy or this thief he is not omnipresent. He's not everywhere. He's not everywhere all the time. He cannot be in two places at the same time. In fact, the Bible says demons simply walk. They have to walk in arid places. He is not omnipresent. In other words, he does not hear everything you're saying. You need not be afraid of him. God is omnipresent. He's not. Secondly, he's not omniscient. He does not know what you're thinking of. He knows the generations past that he tempted and he deceived and he knows what they were thinking of and largely because he sees their behavior. And, and somehow he, he knows that that's also a pattern in your life. But make no mistake about it. He's not omniscient. He, has no, he has, does not know everything you're thinking of. But in the same breath, he is an angel. And in other words, he has certain powers. He's also not omnipotent what, like God is. He does not have all the power while he's an angel and he has some power, he is not omnipotent. Now, the question I want to answer at this junction is, why doesn't just God kill the devil? Well, there's a very important reason for that. God wants us to follow him out of love. If he kills the devil, the same way that the devil in free will decided to stage a coup against God or go against God, God gives us the free will to choose between the devil's works or God himself. When we choose God, there's love. Love is freely a, a admiring God or worshiping God because we choose him freely. When, there, when God kills the devil, we will all be ruled by fear and not by love. Revelation chapter 20 verse 10 tells us the destiny of the devil. The devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and sulfur where the beast and the false prophet were also thrown. There they will be tormented night and day forever and ever. The destiny of the devil is assured. He no longer has the free choice because he once had it and chose the wrong side. We, on the other hand, have a choice to either obey God freely because we love him or to follow the ways of the enemy. 
So who is this thief? What is his motive? Where did he come from? And what are his names? Now, now that we know who he is, the second thing is what and how does he steal? Now, what exactly is the devil stealing from us? Captured in the word of David in Psalm 8, the Holy Spirit reveals a spiritual truth about us. Here it reads in Psalm 8 verse 3, When I consider the heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon, the stars, which have set in place, which is, which is, what, what is mankind that you are mindful of them, human beings that you care for them. Here is David expressing God's love for us. And watch what he says next in verse 5. You have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. God made us a little lower than angels. In other words, our power, while we have some power, is not the same power as angels. God has a reason for that because God's intent was to manifest his own power inside us as we obey him. That's a powerful thought. The devil is powerful, more powerful than us. He's an angel and we may made lower than them. And yet God wants to manifest his own power in us. Our spiritual quotient and power comes from God as we acknowledge him, as we worship him, as we pray to him, as we meditate on his word, and as we proclaim the truth of who he is in us. This is the truth. More than just manifesting his power, he crowned us with glory and honor. In other words, it is his way of expressing his love and glory to, through us, for us, in us. More than that, you made them rulers over the works of your hands and you put everything under their feet. In other words, he entrusted creation to us. That is why Satan is angry at you and me. And if your eyes are closed and you don't know this truth, he's going to steal, kill, and destroy you. What happened in the Garden of Eden was he stole from Adam and Eve this mandate, this mandate of God's power residing inside of them, this love that he's crowned them, and the authority to rule over all of creation. And that is also what Jesus brought back for us, which is why last week's message was extremely important. Open your eyes to the truth that Jesus is supreme above all principalities and demons and Satan himself. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14 says, Since the children have flesh and blood, that refers to you and me, he too shared, referring to Jesus, in their humanity so that by his death he might, what? Break the power of the devil who holds the power of death. Jesus has broken the power of the devil. The more open your eyes are to the spiritual reality of who you are in God and what's happening here, you can resist the devil, you can overcome him, and he cannot overpower you. 1 John chapter 3, verse 8 says, The reason the Son of God appeared was what? To destroy the devil's work against us. This is how this works. Now, point number two is more than just what does he, what is he stealing? How does he steal from us? Well, the clue is understanding the different names of the devil. When you understand his different names, you will understand how he steals from you. His first name, as we saw, is the serpent. And, and, and this is the, the serpent. The second name is he is the devil. And thirdly, the Bible says his name was Satan. The serpent was the tempter in the Garden of Eden. And that is one of the ways he steals from us, through temptation. The tempter tempts us to disobey God. The devil is the deceiver. He's the one who deceived the whole earth. And that's the second name that we understand from him, which shows us the weapons he uses to steal from us. Temptation, deception, and Satan is the accuser. He accuses you to yourself. He accuses God to you. He accuses you to God and accuses you from one brother to the other. 
That's how he steals from us. Now, more importantly, what exactly is he trying to steal and how does he steal it is through temptation and deception. When he can tempt you to not talk to God or to run the day without God, he can deceive you into different things. And when he deceives you, he can take control over your life. Condemnation is his way of accusing God to you, that God doesn't love you, that God hates you, that God's left you alone. Condemnation is also his way of accusing you to yourself, that you are not worth it, that God doesn't really care about you and you're a sinner and you're fallen. And yet Jesus tells you, I love you and I died for you. Accusation is when you start hurling accusations against others and others start accusing you. This is predominantly how the devil steals from you. The question therefore is, how do I stop the thief from stealing from me? Well, the Bible tells us very clearly how. Submit to God and resist the devil. James chapter four, verse seven says, submit yourselves then to God and resist the devil and he has no choice but to flee from you. But the starting point is for us to submit ourselves to God, to say, God, I love you. God, thank you for rescuing me. God, thank you for saving me. I turn away from my sins. I resist the devil and I can be assured that no matter how powerful he is, you are more powerful. He has no choice but to flee from me. How do you stop the devil from stealing from you? Put on the full armor of God. The Bible tells us in Ephesians 6 that we're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. And after all of that, it says, put on the full armor of God. The full armor of God begins with the belt of truth. The belt of truth or the full armor of God is actually putting on Jesus in our lives. Why? Jesus is the way, the truth in our life. And, and, and the life. And when we put on Jesus, we put on the belt of truth. He's not just the belt of truth, he's the breastplate of righteousness. That means we're relying on Christ's righteousness to cover us and not our own. That is simply how you resist the devil. Thirdly, he is the shoes of peace. After all, he is the prince of peace. And to be at peace with God is to walk with God. When we walk with God, we have the peace of God, we have the prince of peace, and the devil cannot harm us. The shield of faith. We know that Jesus, trusting in Jesus, is the way to protect us from the fiery darts of the enemy. The helmet of salvation tells us that Jesus is our savior. He saved us from our sins and and we're not relying on our own abilities and our own works to save us. And finally, the sword of the spirit. That means we're using the words of Jesus to fight against the devil and his schemes. How do you resist the devil? Put on the full armor of God resist the devil. But practically, the third way you should resist the devil from stealing from you is to pray, meditate, proclaim, and fellowship. Prayer wards off temptation. The Bible tells us to watch and pray so we will not fall into temptation. That's the way you ward off temptation, which is the first assault of the devil. Secondly, meditate on his word day and night because that's the way you overcome deception. If the devil is the deceiver, you overcome deception by meditating on God's word day and night. Thirdly, the third weapon he uses is condemnation. And how do you ward off condemnation? Proclaim the gospel morning, noon, and nighttime every time you eat. To declare that God has saved you and that nothing can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Finally, his final weapon is accusation. And the way to ward that off is to fellowship with other people who love Jesus. Let me summarize this message. Who is the thief? What is his motive? And we saw that his motive is to usurp God and to destroy and lead mankind astray. Where did he come from? 
He was a fallen angel. What were his names? And we saw those names are important for us to be able to wage war against him. What and what, what and how does he steal from us? Temptation, deception, condemnation, and accusation. And finally, how do we stop him from stealing from us? Well, simply put, resist him. Resist the devil. Stay away. Resist the devil in all his forms. Submit to God. Put on the full armor of God. And pray, meditate, proclaim, and fellowship. Last week, I told you about an app that the church has developed. You can find it online. You can download it. But you cannot go inside of it. You need to scan a QR code to get inside the app. The app simply helps you to pray, meditate, proclaim, and fellowship. Because when you do that, you will increase your SQ and you can ward off and resist the devil as you submit to God. Pick up a piece of bread and a cup as we proclaim Jesus our Savior and His Word. Father, thank you for sending us Jesus, the Word who became flesh to save us, to redeem us. Teach us to grow our spiritual quotient in you as we learn to pray, to meditate, to proclaim, and to fellowship. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone said, Amen. Thank you for listening to the Every Nation Singapore podcast. We hope you've been blessed by today's message. For more information, visit everynation.org.sg.